you damn right. Hope everybody's having a good Monday. July coming to a close. Summer seems to fly by faster and faster as life goes by. When I was a kid, I felt like it went by slowly. Those three months, you get the whole thing, June and July and August. And we didn't used to have to go back to school till after Labor Day, but now they're making the kids go back in August and ah, it's just a different deal. But mainly, we hope you're just surviving this summer because it is 100 and you know what every day again. Uh, it is Chad and Zay on this Monday. I'm back. I'm Chad Hastings off of a week of vacation. Shout out to the bosses for letting me have uh, a one more week of vacation. I am joined as always by the one and only Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Happy Monday, everybody. Feeling good, feeling great. Welcome back, Chad. How was vacation? It was good. It was good. I I was able to just kind of chill out a little bit. Uh, Watched multiple movies. Some I had seen, some I hadn't seen. We'll get to a little bit of that in the crab bag. But uh, yeah, hung out with the girls, had some good meals, drank a bit. I don't know if I don't know if I drank more than you did on your honeymoon, but I can guarantee you. There were no frozen drinks on my trip. So you were tougher than me. We were trying to be a little manlier. Now, if you consider a margarita on the rocks manly, (laughs) (laughs) but to me, the margarita on the rocks is at least manlier than the frozen version. Did you get spicy at least? Um, No, generally I just go salt. Yeah. Just tear it up. Yeah, you are Caucasian, so spice might be a little... A little difficult for you at times. I've also really become a fan of the margarita beer combo. Start with the margarita because obviously you got to go. We all know the lesson, right? Liquor before beer, never fear. Beer before liquor, never sicker. You got to set your foundation with liquor, kids, if you're paying attention to that. Yeah, I never got that one. Yeah, we've gotten messaging on the text line and emails that people really love it when we talk to the kids about substances. So, um, this is Uncle Chad and Uncle Zay reminding you, kids, once you turn 21 and can legally drink, you got to go liquor first, then beer. That helps out generally. So, the margarita first and then a beer. Uh, did that a few times. Had a good vacation. And uh, we'll be talking some about that. There's a lot of football to get to. How about a nice round number? How about 40 days, eh? About 40 days till we find out if Steve Sarkeesian's Texas Longhorns are going to stack up against Rice, but we all know what we're going to be thinking. We're all going to be doing football math. We're all going to think we're experts that day. Well, you know, this may not work against Alabama. Well, how's that going to work against Alabama? Well, what if that line does that against Alabama? That's 40 days away. Texas and Rice. 45 days from now, NFL's first game happens with the Chiefs and Lions, who are already in training camp. Everybody else is joining them this week. And the NFL's first Sunday is 48 days away. We'll get to that. In fact, we'll start with some NFL stuff. But let's go ahead and start with Elephant in the Room. Zay mentioned Elephant in the Room a little bit last week. I do not know what has been said today by, I guess it would be, what, Bucky and Jeff maybe filling in some blanks today and and giving their comments. But um, finally, some specific information was released last week so that our guys could kind of talk about what's going to happen. And it's a little bit unique where sometimes it's sometimes it's like one person that will leave a show and sometimes it may be one show that changes. But in this case, there's a lineup that is going away uh, a week from tomorrow and we're going to be able to celebrate that lineup right till the end. And I do appreciate that part because not everybody gets a last show. 
But as far as we know, we're getting the last show a week from Tuesday. So that's what what I'm going to be doing. What we're going to be doing, I think, is just celebrating the, the lineup overall. I say it all the time. Sounds a little stupid, but it's true. The shows are living things. The shows have a birthday and they have a death day. And I'm one of those that keeps up with dates. I can remember sometimes when I started dating someone or when I did this or did that. And like for this show, it's September 26th of last year. That's what I consider our actual birthday. And then August 1st is going to be the last show. But it's one of those weird forced divorces. There aren't many forced divorces in real life. But in this world, we have forced divorces. I'd like to keep working with Zay, and Zay'd like to keep working with me as far as I know. Is that right, Zay? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But they're telling us, eh, no, the last show is going to be August 1st. So we're going to get everything we can out of it. We appreciate your support, and we're going to do what we always do. We're going to try to take your mind off of your real-life stuff while trying to deal with a little bit of our real-life stuff. But we will also be saying goodbye to, man, Bucky and Aaron, like the tower, and ball don't lie. Not to mention... Saturday shows, Sunday shows, and weekly shows, and some of these other things that um, that you're not going to be hearing anymore on 104.9 The Horn. You've probably heard 104.9 is going to be, that signal is going to be changing. And then The Horn will continue on 101.9 and AM 1260. And at some point, um, the uh, as far as I'm understanding it, on August 2nd, there will be a new lineup of sorts. We don't know exactly what that is, and we certainly have not been able to, we haven't been given permission to tell you. But I also don't know what it is, so I don't know what I would be telling you. But anyway, we will have our last show next Tuesday. So effectively, Zay and I have five shows left together because we have these four shows this week. Zay's actually off on Friday, previously scheduled. And uh, I'm actually going to have Ty Henderson and our man Jacob Standard come in and do the show with me on Friday. And then those two guys are going to do the show on Monday. Zay's also off next Monday. I'm off as well. Got to take care of a little personal matter. But then we will be back next Tuesday for one last show. And then, you know, we'll see what happens after that. But uh, it's going to be an interesting week or so. I'm glad they let us to have a last show. And Zay will, you know, it's going to be fun like always. Yeah. It's crazy because I didn't put two and two to get two. Uh, excuse me, I didn't put two and two together because again, like just being a sports fan, I've been watching a lot of thirty for thirties lately. And the first one I started on Chad, which I've already seen, mm-hmm. was the Last Dance. No, I, I don't. I don't know why it just happened from episode one through ten, an hour long, one of the greatest documentaries ever made, going back to Michael Jordan's incredible career and then that final season with um, the Chicago Bulls in 1998 and, you know, just doing it right, kind of like they did, even though you know this is it, doing it the right way, giving the fans what they want, even though it's tough, you know, hey, we got to move on and, yeah, man, I'm going to miss you, but, hey, we both got big things in the future and this ain't the last you're going to hear of us, I know that. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it's gonna be tough. Um, it's just it's just weird, you know. It's a, a weird thing. But first and foremost, you know, I think a lot of us we think of we think of each other immediately. You think of guys, and you want everybody to to be successful and all that. But then pretty quickly, we always think of the listeners and we think of the clients and all that. So we're certainly thinking of you today as well. Somebody texted in, Mama Longhorn loves Zay and Chad. Thank you, Mama Longhorn. Thank you, Mama Longhorn. She's we, been a fan since day one. We appreciate. That someone texts, so y'all don't know who's staying or going yet. Not specifically where we can tell you no, but um, 
As far as I know, Zay and I don't have a show on August 2nd. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll just put it that way. I'll just put it that way. I'm gone. I'll let y'all know that. I will just, yeah, true. Zay has, uh, Zay has already mentioned that. I believe that is, uh, that is going to be the case. Uh, so, uh, but we're going to have a lot of fun till the end of it because that is what we do. And we thank you for being out there. Your Specs text line is the same, 337-3776. So just to address that, I know it's already been dealt with uh, and, and addressed. So I appreciate that the, the, that, uh, the powers that be let the guys talk about it last week and kind of get things processed excuse me and above all else I hope in the next week or so I can do what I hope I've done since last September and what I've always tried to do on a show in addition to running my own mouth I try to show off the talent around me and it's been a blast working with Isaiah I've loved working with him and I thought it would work and it did and some people have texted me about how did this come together whatever I've told you it was my idea and I maybe if I'd come up with an idea that they thought was completely insane, they might have said no, but it was my idea. I was asked, hey, who do you want to do a show with? And I, that's the first name that popped out of my mouth. I said, this will work. I think it'll work. And it did. So uh, hopefully I get to keep showing off Zay's talent for at least one more week. And then obviously uh, I, I, think, I think Zay, you know, you know and, and are confident about your talent, and I'm hoping that we have and I have shown you off enough that it's going to matter to somebody else. That's my hope. Oh, absolutely. And I appreciate everything that you've done for me, man. You're a legend in these parts for seems like over two decades or so. You've been doing it and doing it the right way. You've had some of the best partners. And I talked about it last week, like low key, the pressure that I had being on a show with you because you've had just great people that you've worked with over the years from catch to trey elling kevin dunn like etc all guys that i look up to and i also look up to you so producing you know chad and kevin and producing shirts and skins and shows like that like it was an honor to do that so the fact that you thought of me when you know things got crazy and you needed a new partner man it's all love and the bond that we share never be broken now I appreciate you saying that. I should say probably right now for the record that maybe at the very beginning I should have mentioned to you that in addition to me getting a reputation for killing famous people when I talk about them, (laughs) there are some that believe that everyone that works with me on radio either gets fired, leaves, or both. Mm. So I probably should have mentioned that earlier on. yeah. I apologize for not, nah, it's, not it's, mentioning it's, it's that. It's all good. It's all good. This is one of those situations where... I lean with the positive. Uh, yeah, I just I lean it. with yeah, the positive. Hey, positive. you want to do a show? <laughs> and I probably should have mentioned that other part. I probably should have mentioned... Uh, hey, it, might, it might not last too long, but hey, it can happen. Before, before you move in, did I mention the whole house is cursed? Did I mention that? It was built on a burial ground. No, we didn't We didn't get to that part. All right, so we will roll on today, 40 days from Texas football. We got some Longhorn football recruiting news coming up <clears throat> the last week or so. Zay told you about the good news late last week. There was a little bad news over the weekend recruiting-wise for Texas. We will get to that. Uh, but let's start with a little NF. L. Training camps are open. We will get to some of those stories that are out there, some good, some bad. But, Zay, let's start with this running back story. I was fascinated by this overnight as I'm seeing, wait a minute, did that story say the running backs are having a Zoom call to talk about their plight? 
Is this real? Life's rough for them. And they want it out, obviously, because Pro Football Focus is talking about it, and Ian Rappaport got a version of it. So we're not just talking about the scrubs either. This isn't the second and third running back saying, we need more money, man. No. This is orchestrated by Austin Eckler, put together a Zoom call. You know how you have to have a host on a Zoom call? And he, he or she has to start the Zoom meeting. Right. Eckler got it started. Oh, he's been the maddest one. You can tell oh, this makes him so yeah. angry. I know they're all angry, but he's been dealing with this for a while, getting hosed by the Chargers. And, yeah, he's, he's hot. So here are the, the names that I saw on this Zoom call, Zay, were Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, CMC, and Josh Jacobs. Those are the ones that I jotted down. Big, some of the biggest running back names in this business are on this Zoom call, and I don't know, they're just kind of venting about the situation? Yeah, take a listen to what Nick Chubb said today at Brown's training camp. I mean, he's being completely you know, realistic when it comes to the running backs. They are valued for a reason, and listen to what Nick Chubb says about that. Okay, maybe not. Oh, come on, Nick. You can do it. Man, they don't even want they don't even want him to talk, do they? There we go. We got it. We got it. McCaffrey and Derrick Henry and Saquon all have a lot of good points, but the biggest thing is that we're the only position that our production hurts us the most. You know, if we go out there and run for two thousand yards with so many um, carries, the next year they're gonna say, you know, you're probably worn down. That's the biggest thing that I took from it. It's just, I mean, it's tough. You know, we it hurts us just to go out, to go out there and do good. It hurts us at, at the end of the day. Damn. Yep. He's exactly right. I about to say he's not wrong. What like? Worn down. They say that about Texas running backs, like in high school, when they go off to another college and stuff. Ask Bucky Gapo, who dealt with running backs when he was a coach at the University of Texas in the 90s. He was terrified of that. Yep. He would be like, man, these guys are stars, but they would get the ball like 40 times a game, and they would have over 300 yards, and the stats would be crazy, and they would be big-time blue-trip players. Then they get to campus, and you'd be like, yo, this dude's in the tub and in the training room every other day. Why is he so beat up? Because of all the touches he got. And the same thing for these running backs. All these touches, it's catching, it'll catch up to you. So we know the stats. Once you turn 27, decline. It, it just is what it is. And there's a whole bunch of guys that have shown that have been paid. And then once they hit that mark, they start to decline and their value is nothing from Zeke to guys like Melvin Gordon, like guys like that have made it very tough for the elite running backs like Nick Chubb, Saquon, you know, Josh Jacobs, etc. So it's not going to get any better. And you could go back to Bill Belichick. I can't name one Kevin Falk. That might be the only running back I can name that won rings with Belichick. Didn't, Other than wait, that, wait, didn't Corey Dillon get one? No, I don't think. No, Did he not? Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I see where you're going, though, for but, the blame on Bill. Ain't like yeah. the way that he used them, he didn't care because he knew, okay, we're going to be good on defense and we're going to pay the edge rushers, Willis McGahee, guys like that, Thomas. And then it all worked out. So yeah. it's a copycat league, and there's so many things that are going against running backs right now. It's very sad, but this is kind of what Nick Chubb says. It is what it is. So um, I didn't realize this, but it makes sense when you when you read it, that it's Christian McCaffrey's the highest-paid guy right now at the position. He averages just over $16 million a season. He signed 
that he signed in 2020. He's with the Niners. The contract runs through 2025. So that's he's right around 16. But then when you think about where the other two big skill positions have gone, we know quarterback is up at, what, 40, 45, whatever, up, up over $40 million a year for those guys. And then the receivers, Zay, correct me if I'm wrong, the highest paid receivers in the league are around 20, aren't they? Yep, 17, or excuse me, 19.7 million. Okay. So highest paid again, around 16. Not that far off, but then the other issue is what's the number? What's that cap number? I think it might be more around 10. 10 million. You get the average, right? Average of the top 10. So for the Ezekiel Elliott's, the, well, actually not about Zeke. Let's go to the other two guys Saquon Barkley, and there's another name that's out there right now that just. Uh, got the franchise tag but didn't sign it. Who am I thinking of? Josh Zay? Jacobs. Jacobs, thank you. Those two guys uh, got the, the franchise tag but haven't signed. Tony Pollard, for Cowboys fans, they got he got tagged, but he did sign. Yeah. So he's in, ready to roll. And remember, franchise tag one year. And this gets back to the durability issues, eh, and the weird game that they have to play. They want security. They would like some kind of security – and maybe more than any other position, unlike some of the receivers and maybe even quarterbacks and some of the other players, I think the running backs want as long a deal as you'll give them. Some of the some of these other guys want to cut it short. Like, oh, I'd like a four-year deal. The team would like a five. But I feel like a lot of running backs are thinking, hey, would y'all give me six? Because I'd take it. I would take it if you give me that kind of peace of mind moving forward. But... I mean, you laid it out. It's about the age. It's about the durability. And I don't know how to fix it because as you're talking, all I could think of was like starting pitchers in baseball. We fixed that over my life. It used to be you just wear a kid out. You'd wear him out and let him throw 200 pitches a day and who cares? Well, his arm fell off. Okay. Well, go find another job. But now we figured it all out with analytics. and Plus, they get those days off. They get four full days off between starts. You don't give an NFL running backs don't get like, well, now he's going to get two weeks off or two full you know, weeks of recovery or whatever. So all they can do, the only way to save them is what? Is put them in a committee. Well, now if you put them in a committee, they don't have as many numbers. Mm-hmm. So then this is Austin Eckler's problem, by the way. That's why, he, that's why he put a Zoom together. That's why he's typing the Zoom call with running backs because – He's one of those guys. He's a committee guy. Derrick Henry's a workhorse guy. But I think both of them end up, they both end up hurting themselves long term. And I don't know what to tell them. I don't know what to tell them, Zay. No, but Eckler puts up numbers, too. Even though he's a committee guy, he puts up serious numbers. And he's a really good receiving running back. And, you know, when you're the best player on the team at the running back position, especially Saquon, like his situation, I feel bad for him. Like the podcast he was on, he was cussing and stuff. F you, you know, I could just F and sit out all this and that. And I felt his pain because Daniel Jones is getting paid. Got some serious paper up there in New York. Does he deserve it? Not over Saquon. <laughs> right. Not, you know, not over him. But Daniel Jones' value, you know, he's going to be there for maybe 15 plus years because of the position that he plays and how the NFL protects that position. And Saquon, again, you're getting beat up 
every single time you touch the ball, eight guys coming to hit you, seven guys, like, taking direct shots. And in order for you to be good, you're supposed to fight through that. You can't be like Tyler Lockett and every time he catches the ball, he goes straight down. That's not what it is. Yep. Literally what they tell you as a running back coach, like, you got to fight for every – you gave up on this play. You see this? You go in sideline. What you doing? You could have picked up four more yards. Uh, coach, I want to be available. <laughs> That's what I would say. And I'd they, be like, nah, F that four yards, coach. I want to be able to play next week. Yeah, they invent stats for what you're talking about, yards after contact. Uh, they didn't talk about that when I was a kid. They talk about it now. It's tough. They come up with all those different ways to interpret it. Um, we'll keep our eyes on that running back situation, but yeah, it is not. Um, it is not the best time financially to be a running back in the NFL. So they got together to talk about it, uh, but in the end, I can't remember if it was Chubb or who it was was quoted as just saying, "I don't know." I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what we do. I mean, what do you tell him? He's the worst person because he's one of those guys where, like, I'm just – I'm a millionaire already. I'm good. Like, Nick Chubb's so humble. Like, he's one of those guys. I'm just blessed to be here, Yeah. which and we are, I get that. Yeah, and we are talking about guys that if they get the tag, they're making $10 million a yeah. year. That's a ton of money. I We get that part. But you're just – they're looking at it as their position is not accelerating like the other positions are. That cap, The cap number goes up every year. Money goes up every year. The league makes more and more money every year. And guys like Patrick Mahomes and De- you know, Devontae Adams, Adams and those type of guys just keep making more and more and more, and it slots up and slots up and slots up. And Christian McCaffrey is thinking, wait a minute, I got to do that and that and that yeah, to get up to my $16 million? You remember how hard Debo Samuel was trying to convince the front office for the 49ers that he was a wide receiver just so he wouldn't get hosed yeah, for that running back money? Because they were like, dog, you get beat up a lot. He was like, okay. I don't want to be running back no more. He flat out said, all right, don't put me there no more. Right. Because that's not – y'all aren't going to hose me. Y'all aren't going to put me in this running back. I came in as a wide receiver. I'm just versatile, and I'm. this is what the coach wants. I'm a team guy. Don't hose me. And they were like, ah, they kind of met in the middle. But still, like guys like that, those Swiss Army knives, you're going to see a lot less of them just because they understand that, hey, if I play more running back, I'm going to get that running back money, and we see how disgruntled these guys are. They don't want that. Here's a weird question, though. I'm sure we can look it up fairly quickly. What's the cap number for tight ends? Do guys want to be uh, a tight end more than they want to be a running back these I days? I got that. I got that. With the Kelseys and the Kittles? 11.3 mil. It? It's a little higher? 11.3 L- mil. A little higher little than higher. the running back number. Uh-huh. And Travis Kelsey, he's gone out and said how upset he is about the tight end number. Yeah. Because I get it why you want – we've also had guys go through, um, no, no, I'm a receiver, not a tight end. Yeah. Because that gets you more money, up about a $7 million difference or something like that. But even now, the tight end getting a little more love than the running backs. That is a wild story. And, again, at this moment, Barkley and Jacobs have not signed their tag. So if they don't sign it, they could sit out. They can still – I think to a certain point – they, you know, there's a certain point where they could still get a long-term deal done. I think they can do that during training camp if they want. But if they don't do it, and then they sign the tag, then it's the one-year deal. If they don't sign the tag, they could sit out. They could pull the, what was his name, Le'Veon Bell thing. Yep. Just try to sit out and see where that gets you. Which that dude, he just said recently how he regrets that move. Yep. He, he just, just said he it. disappeared. 
just disappeared. Completely fell off. By the way, Chad, you want to yeah. know who the last three championships that the Patriots won, 2018, 2016, 2014, mm-hmm. running back in 2014, LeGarrette Blunt. 2016, LeGarrette Blunt. 2018, Sony Michelle. Wow. There you go. There it is. A lot of who's? I mean, we know LeGarrette Blunt, but more because he likes to punch people. <laughs> <laughs> he did punch that guy. He did punch that dude after a game. I still couldn't believe he got a career after that. When I saw that happen, I thought, oh, my God. Oh, is he ever going to play again? Yeah, he did. He did get he to play. Did, yeah. That was Oregon, by the way, if you don't remember, for LeGarrette Blunt Punching that dude from Boise, Boise State. Boise yep. State after the game. Just bam. Yep. Uh, all right. Training camps have opened. We will get some stories there. There's already a, a bad injury or two in the NFL. There's also some great news for a local stud product that we all know the name of. We'll talk about that. Also up next, Texas recruiting. Some good news last week, but bad news over the weekend up in my neck of the woods where a kid picked who over Texas? We'll tell you on the horn. Chad and Zay. Oh, there we go. This is perfect for a sunny, hot day because every time I saw this video, it looked like it was 700 degrees where they filmed it. Rock the Casbah by The Clash. Was Huge. this it for them? No, no. This was, uh, this, was the, this was kind of the last part of it for them in terms of MTV when they had a video. But before this, they had the famous London Calling album, um, Should I Stay or Should I Go. Oh, okay. It was The Clash. Yeah, The Clash is a good band. Good, solid rock band from back in the day. Uh, so shout out to The Clash. A lot of good text coming in on the Specs text line. And uh, we got this one, Zay, from our man Colonel Flowers. It says, Chad and Zay, you both also produced The High Ground a few times. Ja- uh, Jamie and I thank you both. Uh, shout out to Colonel Flowers. Thank and, you, Colonel. And we will be reminding you throughout the week, this Saturday will be the last shows for our Saturday lineup. So if you've gotten to love those Saturday shows, one more time, say goodbye to them this week, uh, and we wish nothing but the best to Colonel Flowers and Jamie Frazier. Jamie Frazier's ended up on multiple shows on Saturday helping out. He does a great job, and Colonel Flowers is one of those genuine articles that I like to talk about. He is just a genuine dude. So shout out to you guys, and that will be High Ground is 10 to 11 a.m. on Saturday. Don't miss it. Yeah, let me give a shout out to Rick Epstein, too. Under the Lights. That's my guy. Mm-hmm. One of the first shows I ever produced for here. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I, Put me on. That's the thing. I, and I don't know. I hope Under the Lights can survive somewhere. Yeah. To, do, doing a lot of good stuff uh, for the high school world Absolutely. and following high school football. By the way, speaking of high school football, Flex segment 130, the All Flex watch list begins this week. we got offensive and defensive line to talk about today, so we will get in to that. Somebody else texted in, Chad, I remember the first time I came to this area and found the horn, I was like, an Aggie on the radio? <laughs> Very quickly, you've become my favorite Aggie outside of family members I gotta deal with. Much love. I'm not sure if that's a compliment, but that I'll is, take that's deep. I, I think I'll take it that way. Okay. Um, and then, uh, let's see. where uh, This says... Uh, really sucks, but for sure, don't doubt your talent. Chad and Zay, hands down, the best show in the lineup. Thank you very much. The, the, that is saying a lot because all the shows are great. Uh, somebody else texted, so Sark did right by Bijan by not using him effectively last season. See, I don't know if I would look at it that oh, way. There's no, there's no need to look at it that way. Redemption season, Sark. 
Yeah. This one, um, the Spurt Lakeway Traditional Martial Arts. Oh, maybe a shout out to a company there. This says, uh, I've always listened to Chad. I'm a big fan. I wasn't sure about Zay at first, but he's really good, and I'm a fan of his now, too. There we go. Zay's basketball breakdown is the best I've heard on the horn. Then I've done my job. Good looking out, y'all. That's exactly Appreciate the love. what I wanted people to hear. And I know our basketball fans have uh, have definitely gotten to hear some great takes from Zay. And randomly out of nowhere, somebody texts, Chad, what are your top five WWE entrance songs? Oh, man. What the hell? Yo, let's hit it. Where did that come hey, we from? We might as well. We're here. I mean, I would say The Undertaker comes okay. to mind. Which uh, which one? American Badass Limbiscuit or No 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 I'm glad you clarified that. No Prevent the preval hands on the hands now back up back up what you wanna do now? I, Come on man. Now I enjoyed the big U on a motorcycle, but I'm going with the with the with the bong. I'm going with, Yo, with the dead man entrance. Look Undertaker, Lynn Biscuit, WrestleMania, I don't remember which one, uh-huh. but Fred Durst performed in the ring. He rolled it, rolled it, rolled it, rolled it. Iconic. <laughs> Iconic. You can't lose oh, when Lynn Biscuit my God. is yes. out in the ring performing. You can't lose. That's the first one I would bring up. And then the two classics I would bring up are 2001 theme with Ric Flair and the graduation song with Randy Savage. I think those two are classics that you don't expect. Like, if you really just think about it, you're like, wait, that's just a theme from 2001. I know, but it became something else with him. Uh, so I'd throw those two out and probably the Real American intro for Hogan. Or maybe you want to go the oh, Voodoo. Or, or maybe the Voodoo Child entrance from Hogan. That NWO. Okay. When yeah. he would fire up the. That, 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 that was wow, 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 wow. I that, like that. Yeah. And yeah. that yeah. voice and would come in with New, 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 new World Order. <laughs> That was great. Yo, I if I had mine, you gotta do Stone Cold when that glass breaks, man. Yeah, that's a fifth I, one. That would be a five. Chills, that, that's man. it. That's perfect. Chills. Um, gotta go with just because he's a great friend of the show, great friend of you and mm-hmm. I. Mark Henry, sexual chocolate entrance. That's a great one. Combine I- that with Three Six Mafia. I was going to say, I always enjoyed that. <laughs> Somebody's going to get their ass kicked. I thought that's a great way to come to the ring. Because it was all about Mark right there. Yeah. Right? Just the physicality of it and world's strongest man and all that it was. I thought that was great. Yeah. Goldberg just because of the fire hitting them. <laughs> he always came out with, like, security guards. Like, why is why is security here? Why is the police taking them out? I never oh, understood that. Why, he, why was that a thing? He would headbutt the door, and then he would breathe fire. I always thought that was so cool when he they'd throw the sparks on him, and he'd suck up the smoke and the sparks somehow, oh. and then breathe the smoke back out. It was incredible. Yeah, I hope he's okay. I hope he's good. I've been seeing him on TV and stuff, so he looks good still. Looks swole. That's easily the best entrance that produced the shortest matches because his entrance was twice as long as every match. Oh, yeah. Right? Jackhammer came in about three minutes or so. Done. Yeah. And we're done. All right. There you go. Thank you for that distraction. Um, We're going to have a lot of that. We'll have have a few. (laughs) We'll have a few. We'll have a few, yeah. Um, So NFL training camps have opened. Before we get to this uh, Texas stuff, Zay, I just want to give Garrett Wilson a little love because those videos over the weekend of him and Aaron Rodgers starting to get chemistry. Look out, AFC East. That is some big-time stuff. Garrett Wilson, that one in the back of the end zone, was special. Yo, I mean, he's so special. Everybody in the NFL 
is on bird watch with Garrett Wilson because they know how good he is coming into the league and the addition of Aaron Rodgers just took that up a notch. So I'm ex- I'm so excited for Hard Knocks and excited for the season to get started. I mean, you saw Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner going at it. I mean, that's must-see TV. Sauce Gardner, one of the best cornerbacks in the National Football League, him being six foot three and stuff. I think Aaron Rodgers is like, yo, this is going to get me better. All the cornerbacks mm-hmm. that Aaron Rodgers seen over his career, Sauce Gardner, he's a different type of physical specimen. So, yeah, those New York football jets, they're going to be very exciting to see this season. Did you see the Sauce gift to Aaron Rodgers? Yes, I did. See that video? I did. He gave Aaron a blingy number eight chain Put it around his neck, and then they had a nice bro hug. Yo, that's building that chemistry that's already. It. Sauce, it's good. Not as good as the sauce thing. The sauce one he made for the draft. <laughs> that's no, nothing's better than that. But it was pretty good. So watch out for the Jets. Congrats to Garrett Wilson for still being a badass. He and Aaron Rodgers, man, that's that's a deadly combination to watch. And I've got to think fantasy owners are going to be paying attention to Garrett Wilson early in their drafts. Wherever you're going to be starting to take receivers, I wonder how high he's going to go in fantasy drafts. Yeah, and Garrett Wilson was on the outside looking in on the players, execs, scouts, and coaches poll for wide receivers. Mm-hmm. He was on honorable mention, which he's only had one year in the league, so I, I get it to a certain extent. But, hey, if I'm him, I'm using that as bulletin board material. Easy. Like, oh, this guy, I'm better than him. This guy, I'm better than him. This guy, oh, yeah. he was good like four years ago. Oh, he's washed. I got Aaron Rodgers on my team now. Watch this. He's the offensive rookie of the year with those quarterbacks throwing him the ball. What's he going to do when that guy's throwing him the ball? Oh. That's all I'll say. Be careful on those saying those quarterbacks, Chad, because apparently Zach Wilson in his bag. Ever since Aaron Rodgers stepped on uh, the facilities and whatnot, Zach Wilson's looking good. Really? Uh-huh. Okay. That's what they're saying. So, I, I mean, yeah, last year was last year. But... Is that just you reporting from, no, the, te- reporting. from the text you got I, I, from his mother? Yo, I wish I got a text from his mother. Yeah. My wife's on the plane right now, so I can say that. Right. <laughs> hey, if she texted uh, me, shoot, man. What's up, Mama Wilson? What's up, Mrs. Wilson? Mrs. What's good? Mrs. Wilson just don't know. <laughs> All right, uh, so we got some NFL out there. We're 40 days away also from Texas playing Rice. Last week, Zay got to tell you about that latest addition to the Longhorn recruiting class. Mel, uh, We talked about Melvin Hills, but the next one was DeAndre Rice. Robinson, big D tackle out of Florida, big four star to big get Zay. That was a bit of the good news. Now, over the weekend, there was another decision that was coming down up in my neck of the woods. I'm a Waxahachie guy. So, when I was in school, one of our district rivals was Lancaster. Remember, it's not Lancaster. Yeah, I always say Lancaster. Not, it's not England. Remember, when you're in Texas, go with the Texas pronunciation. Lancaster. Lancaster. They are the Lancaster Tigers. So there's a safety in Lancaster named Corian Gibson. Badass name. And he had a decision to make. He had schools on his list like Ohio State, TCU, Texas, Clemson. Those were the helmets he had up. Also, Bama, A&M, USC. Anybody you can think of that you think is big time, they've all offered him. He would visited just those first few that I mentioned. And it came down to a lot of people thought this was an orange battle. Clemson and Texas. And Corian Gibson picked Clemson on, I think it was Saturday when he made the choice. And Zay, while I'm not exactly supportive of the decision, I wish he'd pick Texas because we get to you know follow these guys that are at Texas, but he did do it from a throne. 
I'm all for the ostentatious way that these kids get to announce their decision because then sometimes they lose the control a little bit. As long as you have the control, guys, do whatever you want. They brought like a – remember the LeBron ESPN commercial with the throne? Yeah, yeah. That kind of throne. High-backed gold throne. They set it in front of the Lancaster logo, and he sat there and made his choice. Good for you, kid. Yeah, yeah, congrats to him. I mean, always losing a commitment is tough, but at the end of the day, you can't have them all. And if you're Dabo over at Clemson, I mean, who's won national championships more recent, Texas or Clemson? That's yeah. very easy. So who's putting, putting in more pro players, Texas or Clemson? Very easy there. So if you put those two things on the table – right. It's hard to compete with, and I know what Sark's doing is big time, and he's getting Texas back to where it needs to be. Now, it has to be proven on the field, but 8-5 and five was the improvement, getting guys like Arch Manning and, you know, and, uh, you know, Cook and stuff like that, bringing those guys in, really good freshman classes, recruiting well, the coaching staff looks good, everything's starting to come together. You're going to be competing more with those big-time schools that just won national championships in recent years. So, yeah, can't sweat it. You know, Lancaster kid going to Clemson. Yeah, that hurts. But at the end of the day, they got more skins on the wall than you do. Yeah, no, and there's just so many. We talked about the recruiting world and how it's changing. These guys that are impactful. Clemson now up to, I'm seeing them number nine in the country in the recruiting class. They got 17 guys in their class now. Also, I'd forgotten this. He also got a receiver out of Midlothian also up in that part of the world, uh, up in the Dallas area. Middle Othian's got some decent talent, and he is a four-star guy, a receiver named Bryant Wesco. He picked Clemson. So Dabo's going up to that part of the world. We keep talking about it. Yes, Texas and Oklahoma are now in those living rooms getting to say SEC, getting to use the SEC brand. Yes, Nick. Yes, Kirby. Yes, Brian Kelly and LSU. Yes, Jimbo and A&M. But don't forget about Ryan Day and Dabo because they're coming down here too. A lot. And don't forget Notre Dame coming down here yeah. and messing around. Clemson's having a big-time recruiting run, and the Lancaster kid is the latest one. So, Corian Gibson, uh, as of now, of course, you never stop recruiting them now. Texas right. is, Texas is going to hope between now and December something changes. But as of now, Corian Gibson is a Clemson verbal commit. Yeah. There you go. All right, so um, that happened over the weekend for Texas, and again, we are 40 days away from Texas and Rice in that first game. Up next, let's empty out the crap bag. I got a crap bag media dump for you, including the Barbie review. I've seen half of the Barbenheimer, and for you history buffs, I'm sorry to say I saw the Barbie half and not the Oppenheimer half. I'll let you know what I thought of it. Coming up at 105, we'll talk to Joe Cook of Inside Texas and On3.com, and at 130, We'll tell you who's on the all-flex watch list for O-line and D-line. That's all coming up on The Horn. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Well, you know what? Chad and Zay.
It's an interesting one for you to play, Zay. I know you've expressed strong feelings in the past about when Elvis covers someone. What do you think about this? This is Cheap Trick covering Elvis. I'm good with it. You okay with that? Yeah. This is white on white crime. <laughs> you all right with this? <laughs> I'm good with it. Yeah, yeah. I'm finding out that it wasn't Elvis that was the biggest swagger jacker. It was the Tom Cruise guy. Excuse me. I mean, uh, Tom Hanks guy. That The Tom. Oh, Colonel Parker. Yes. Yes, right. That's true. I've never sat through that movie yet, but they do paint an interesting picture of the Colonel. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. He was uh, he was pretty hardcore. Oh, he was tough. Pretty hardcore. He was tough. Cheap Trick and The Clash getting us started today musically. Uh, we appreciate all the nice texts rolling in. Specs text line 337-3776. Somebody texted in Oppenheimer was great. Very long. That comes Yo. in from our man CB. Chris three, Bennett went and checked it out. Three hours. Is Yo. it a, a three spot? Y'all wildin', Oppenheimer. See, that's where us superhero movie people, we've now been trained to get up into that two and a half, 245, so we can get to three. It can't take that long to make a bomb. (laughs) (laughs) That's all all I got to say. It can't take that long. Oh, my God. Come on, man. Was there a back order on the casing? What what happened? I know they had the A-list cast, but wow, three hours? Y'all are really wildin'. I'm interested. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to end up seeing that movie in the theater or not. I feel like I need to go see it in the theater. My wife and daughter are not interested in Oppenheimer, but they were interested in Barbie. We'll get to that in the crap bag here. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I may have to go see it. I'm hearing great, great things about it. Let's talk about Barbie and a couple other things in the crap bag. Here we go. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just... Think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Before I get to Margot Robbie, let me talk about one of my favorite listeners of all time, Old Miss Girl, who thought I was dissing her at the end of the previous week when she did send. I told y'all she was going to send me a rant about that Tennessee story. She did, and then didn't realize I was on vacation. Uh. She thought I ignored it. So... To Old Miss Girl, it's now about a, a week old or whatever. I won't go through everything, but y'all know what Old Miss Girl emailed about. She is an Old Miss fan with Lane Kiffin as her current coach. She refers to UT, uh, the refers to them as the fake UT Tennessee for all you Texas fans. She thinks y'all are the real UT. Thank you. So she's on your side there. Uh, she refers to them as mustard. Uh, Lane Kiffin showed up at Media Days last week and signed uh, like jars and bottles of mustard for Ole Miss fans. That's what he does now. Like, that's how they refer to Tennessee. And obviously she went over the hypocrisy of Tennessee getting basically, not that they didn't get punished, but they didn't get the biggest punishments because the NCAA doesn't have any teeth and doesn't have any guts. Just a little slap on the wrist. Exactly. So, shout out to Ole Miss Girl and uh, the Oxford crew who is now spread out all over this country because they are done at Ole Miss now. But um, Shout out to Josh Heupel talking mess, talking about they're the real UT or you know the real UT is, whatever. Cool, noted. Okay. Hey, and you're an OU guy? Cool. Yeah. Extra. Don't. Extra. I have told you, Zay, you're going to find all kinds of weird rivals you weren't even expecting in the SEC, especially being the big brand you are. But get ready for the trademark war. That's what I'm going to call that one. That UT trademark thing. They're going to get on those little logos and the real who's the real UT and who's this and that. Yeah. Get ready for that. We ready? They're going to they're gonna be all over it. So uh, we had that. But also, I did go see Barbie over the break. And uh, over this week of vacation, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. 
I I've never really like like my wife and my wife and daughter really enjoyed this movie. If you were a little girl or for that matter, a little boy who played with Barbie dolls, which I was not. I was playing with Transformers, but if you played with the Barbie dolls, this movie really hits you specifically. Like, they really dug in. My wife loved it. She was talking about it coming out of this movie. Um, Margot Robbie is fantastic. Just so much fun to just look at her. Oh, wow. And if you've ever seen if you've ever seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I'll be the first person to compare these two movies in one key way. Margot Robbie can just be filmed, just her face, and you can't stop watching. She doesn't have to speak. She can just be staring. And she's so beautiful and so interesting, you just can't stop looking. And then she throws the acting chops on top of it, and it's magnetic. She's awesome, but I think Ryan Gosling might need an Oscar nom. If somebody can just spare one, my man is unreal as Ken. It is so entertaining, so funny. He is perfect. He's so perfectly cast, and I love the lead-up that I heard. That I heard a, We watched one trailer, and it said, if you hate Barbie, if you love Barbie, this movie is for you, and if you hate Barbie, this movie is for you. I would agree. Whether you love or hate Barbie, go see that movie because it is done with the, the right amount of tongue-in-cheek, the right amount of – and there's depth to it that you're not expecting, but you'll get it. You get where they're going and what they're setting up. And at times you're like, no, I agree with what, wait a minute, that's not where they're going. Oh, they're kind of talking about something else. So it's deeper than you think. It's better than I thought it would be. So I would tell you to go see Barbie. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I didn't play with Barbies either, unless if you were doing some inappropriate stuff. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to take two pins. Not really. Mm -hmm. A little bit of that. Just a little experimenting. You're young, you know. Cross you're, swords. You're, you're trying to figure out yep. what's going on in the world. Yep. That's that's all it is. Yep. But uh, yeah, the cast looks great. Like you mentioned, Margot Robbie, she's incredible. Her with the cowboy hat. I've been seeing that scene go around. Wow. I'm just telling. wow. And by the way, there are a couple scenes where she sadly walks away, but you're not sad to watch it happen. Oh yeah. My God. Yeah. I mean, she's just breathtaking. There are not many people you could. The idea of, like, when they cast Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, I thought, well, there just aren't many women to pull that off. Linda Carter pulled it off back in the day. She's pulling it off now. But if you're going to say, who are you going to cast as Barbie? It's a really bizarre idea, but she nails it. Yeah, she's the only one that I can think of. She's something, man. It was really good. Really, really good. All right, a couple other quick things. Congrats to Fred McGriff and Scott Rowland. They're into the Hall of Fame. They had that ceremony over the weekend. We're now putting in the guys that makes baseball purists feel good about themselves for putting in the Hall of Fame. I love Scott Rowland playing that hot corner. Because they believe in their soul that Scott Rowland never did any drugs, and they believe in their soul that the crime dog never did anything, any of that, so it makes them feel better. And as a Braves guy, I love me some Fred McGriff. He's a legend. He should have been in the Hall of Fame years ago. Why it took the Veterans Committee to put him in, I have no idea. But congrats to Fred McGriff and to Scott Rowland. And finally in the crap bag today, I would like to send a huge how dare you to the Tennessee Titans. Don't think that because I was on vacation, I missed you taunting all my H-Town friends and family members with your little oil Derek send out. How dare you dare you. Yes, I'm a Cowboys fan. I am. And I don't root for Houston pro teams. I never have. But I got friends and family that do. I got friends and family that love you blue. And the fact that you still have that is a crime against sports. 
You need to figure out a way to get all that to Houston. I am sorry to all you Houston people. They've announced they're going to wear it for two home games. And if y'all think one of them is not December 17th when they host Houston, I think you're crazy. They haven't officially announced that, Zay, but I will be shocked with a capital S if they don't pull out the oil derricks for that just to stick it in Houston's face. Yeah, I wonder how Houston fans would feel if the Texans and the Titans did like a Charlotte Hornets, New Orleans Pelicans situation. That's, you remember They absolutely need to. Yeah, because you remember Hornets, they were in Charlotte. That was where they came about in, I want to say, 89 or so. And then they moved to New Orleans for some reason, still the Hornets. And then there were no Charlotte team. They got the Bobcats. And somehow now they're back to the Hornets. They got the Pelicans now. I don't know how that would work. It would take a lot of money, I bet. But I bet you Houston fans would love to be the Oilers again over the Texans. Because what have the Texans done? Besides blow ridiculous leads in the playoffs and end up losing games. Like, they haven't done anything to make them memorable. As a, so, as a Cowboys fan, I would point out that the Oilers also blew leads back in the day. But that's a whole nother, yeah, another discussion. But no, I agree with you. And whether they would actually be the Oilers, it should be their choice. Give them the history. Allow them to have all of it. Do not argue to me that two years in Nashville, banging around in college stadiums where, well, look, Steve McNair wore the... I understand what Steve McNair wore. I, I get that. We talked about that. But it was a very little amount of time. It all needs to be in Houston. And we're watching. We, we, it was perfect with Cleveland and Baltimore. And they can't figure it out now. Yeah. Cleveland, when they got the reboot, they got all the history. They got all of it. They got Brian Sipe and Jim Brown and all. You don't have Baltimore. Imagine right now if Baltimore was claiming Jim Brown. If Baltimore threw back and wore Brown stuff, that would look stupid. Yeah, that would look whack. Nobody. Tennessee Oilers, nobody thinks about that. That doesn't even make sense. Did you see the video where they showed my man Ryan Tannehill wearing the oil, Derek? Yeah, he looked uncomfortable. It made me want to vomit. I don't have a connection directly to any of it. Again, I'm a Cowboys guy, but I know what's right, and I know what's wrong, and I know how much this state loves that stuff, and I know how much Houston does. And with all due respect to the music capital of this country, Nashville don't love those uniforms like that. They don't. There's no way that Nashville loves the uniform that Earl Campbell wore more than H-Town does. Yeah, they've they've bought into the Titans going to the Super Bowl against St. Louis and then Steve McNair winning MVPs and Eddie George and stuff. All those guys were Titans. Even though they wore the Oiler uniforms briefly, Right. The Titans, they, they just stay the Titans. They, no need and, to go back to the Oilers at no. all. I'm with you. This and, is bogus. And now they've taken another step and gone to the blue helmet. So when they throw back, just go to the white-shelled Titans helmet. Throw back to your Super Bowl team. The team that came up a yard short. Kevin Dyson and Steve McNair and that crew. Why check and all those guys? That's what you throw back to. It is a it is a, a silly idea and a disgrace to the NFL that you would dare put those uniforms on when you bring Houston to town later this year. Yeah, that's a bad move. That's insane. So don't think I missed that, Tennessee. While I was and also I missed the DeAndre Hopkins. That's his new home, right? Yeah, that's right. We finally found a home for DeAndre, but no Dalvin Cook yet? No. Back to the running back. Oh problem. yeah, he's Dalvin Cook, he's doing a camp right now for kids and stuff, and they asked him about it, and he said, this is a lifelong decision. I'm going to take my time. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. 
Steven, Steven, Steven. Does anybody have his phone number? I'm just asking. All right, there's your crap bag for this Monday, cleaning up some things from last week. Up next, Joe Cook of Inside Texas and On3.com, his Monday visit. How bad was that bad news when the kid from Lancaster said, I want to go to Clemson? We'll find out. Plus, we're 40 days away from the season. Joe Cook is next on the horn.